Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Ruby. And we're The Duality Project. And this is The Self-Study Podcast. The Duality Project is empowerment from the inside. We seek to live life on purpose so that we can more intentionally and intimately show up in our relationships and our communities. With a healthier perspective on self-development, we offer programs and coaching that bridge the gap between who you want to be and how you actually show up. Through exploration and awareness, you'll discover a deeper understanding of yourself to become happier, healthier, and more grounded. We are so glad that you are here. Something that goes along with this podcast is the curriculum that we have put together called the Self-Study Program, which we'll tell you a little bit more about later. For now, today, we'd like to introduce ourselves, share who we are as The Duality Project, who we are as Kate and Ruby, and what we offer through the Self-Study Podcast. Bada boom. Okay, <laughs> so Ruby, Kate, <laughs> I've been trying to get you to do a podcast with me for Lord, I know three years. She has been. That's true. Um, she has been. That's true. Jakery, <laughs> Jakery, I can see you over there. What are you doing? I press record. Do we look good? <laughs> Is this the middle of your episode? Uh huh. Yeah. Enjoy. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Whew. That's our production assistant. <laughs> okay, check out our website, thedualityproject.com. We're really proud of it. It's we brand do. new. Mm-hmm. Here's how Rewind. I think this should go. <laughs> <laughs> I think this should go, I ask you to tell us about yourself. Okay. And literally, let's set a timer for eight minutes and you tell us what is what comes up. Okay. Okay. I'm Ruby. Here we are. Kate and I have been doing this work together for a long time now, seven plus years. And even before that, um, I've been interested in what is like self-development for my whole life. I grew up in a household with a family mission statement and yearly family meetings. And um, something Kate and I share in common is that we were both reading Seven Habits of Highly Effective People when we were like 12. So this has been (laughs) part of my journey for a really long time and something that I'm really passionate about is teaching and sharing knowledge with people and also um, facilitating really important conversations and connection. So I did that through my degree in education, which is in music education. And then I decided that there was no way that I could be in a cinder block broom with a hundred orchestra students all day every day so we went another route and I got my yoga teacher training certificate and um, have been practicing helping people connect through yoga for like 10 years now that's crazy town fast forward I had my own studio in Athens Georgia Shakti Power Yoga Athens shout out you can still go there Lucy Stomach is the new owner um And I sold the studio in order to pursue this with Kate and moved to Colorado. Let's see. How am I doing on time? Oh, my gosh. You're doing great. I have six more minutes. Yeah. What else do I even say? Well, tell me about like... Oh, I'll get a little bit closer here. Okay. Tell me about um, why you continue to stay in a self-study practice. Mm. That's a great question. And I feel like... 
in some ways it's an inexplicable answer that I like there's not a way that I can like put my finger on why it feels so important except that being in relationship with myself like my physical body and then also like myself on the inside and also the like spirit of something bigger has been in my life and felt really important forever for as long as I can remember and so like when I was younger what that looked like was like a a very regular faith practice I was raised in a southern baptist church environment and my faith meant a lot to me um and then over the years over the years honestly I kind of like got bored and was also like there's a lot here that is like not being said and there's a lot here that like doesn't ring true and so that's where coming to and utilizing reading and learning and even like my yoga practice kind of like broadened my perspective on what self-study could look like and kind of like broke it out of the mold of like what I was given as a framework for self-study, which was very like faith oriented and biblical. So since about 2013, I've just been exploring what it means to develop my own self-study practice in whatever way that comes up. Like for a while, it looked like working through um, like relationship to my body and what that meant with like movement and food. And then over time that evolved to like my relationship to productivity and my relationship to like earning my worth and like hustling and my relationship to um, my own identity and how that unfolds and my relationship to how I exist as a human being. And kind of like, how can my self-study practice bring me out of the habit and default of like being human doing all the time? And then I noticed that seems to be like a theme with people around me. Um, And I think that a lot of us are kind of in the same place. And then especially, you know, after experiencing uh, the fullness of a pandemic, really having like an awakening of like, holy shit is am I like where I want to be doing what I want to do so my self-study practice really took off in a deeper way about mid 2020 and I was leading a teacher training in Athens Georgia and one of the things that I tell our teacher trainees is um like you're ready now and like give up what you must and like do the thing that you know you need to do and for me at the time it was like oh no, I'm in a relationship that is like sucking me dry, that gives me no joy and I'm getting all of my fulfillment out of my work and that is exhausting. And so mid-training, I I think you came to town and then I was like, I think when you leave town, I have to leave this relationship. And I was like, (laughs) that was a thumbs up. So that's what happened. And really that was like, July 2020 and since then I feel like I've been on like a hyper speed of self-study um and here I am now I don't I don't feel like I have enough time to get into like the nitty-gritty of the last year and a half and I feel like we're gonna have time to do that later okay I feel complete eight minutes is a really long time eight minutes is a very long time so I guess it's my turn yes well I'm gonna have a sip of water Okay, Ruby, start the timer. So, my name is Kate Moore. I 
have spent the last 15 years in Nashville. Um, before that, I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. Hmm. You know, all of a sudden, at some point in like my early 20s, I just felt a little bit more connected to like little baby Kate. And once I got a little bit more connected to little baby Kate in a very like empowering way, I feel like I was like, wow, it has to be different for little baby Kate. And I feel like that is where like my intentional self-study program like started because so, okay. So I founded a gym in Nashville called get fit 615 in 2014. And in the very beginning, when people would ask me like, Oh, like, what is this place? Or like, why is it the way that it is? I think that was a question I got a lot. Like, why is it the way that it is? And it was like, yeah, because I needed a place where I could move my body in a way that felt good. And I needed a place where like little Kate could have gone. And I think of little Kate as being like, (laughs) honestly, whatever age I am now, little Kate is before that. So like I'm 32 now and little Kate is anytime before right now. I'm still little Kate. Anyways, so like wanting to create a space that she needed. And so in order to like get in touch with that, it was like, what did she need? How did she need to be supported? How did she need to be loved? How does she need to be loved now? And then also like, what were the messagings, the messages that she got from around her that ever told her anything other than like who she was, was a good way to be or the right way to be, I think. And that is when, let's see, that is when like, the work of learning about the systems around me started, I think. Uh, Because it was like, I know that this doesn't feel right in my body, like specifically um, like diet culture. I know that this particular thing doesn't feel right in my body. I know that going to the gym in this way doesn't feel good in my body, but it's also the way that everything around me shows me I should be doing. Did that sentence make sense? Yeah. So... But like, why does it show me that? Like, what is it trying to get me to do? And then being like, do I want to do that? Like, do I subscribe to this way that I'm behaving? Do I subscribe to the way that I'm behaving? That's a question, right? Like all the time. And I started to realize the ways in which like, actually like, no, I don't. And that, like, that has been one of the most empowering pieces of like what my self-study program is, is like getting to be like, wow, I totally don't subscribe to this thing. And that is opening up an entire new world of possibilities that I didn't even see coming, that I didn't even know existed. And that like, wow, I'm thrilled to be here. And so not that anyone asked what my motivation for continuing a self-study program is, but that like, Yeah, Uh, it's like taking the space between what is um, automatic and like what is possible. Hmm. Yeah, so that's something that motivates my self-study practice. What else do I want to share? 
Okay. Wow. I wish we could like show a TikTok right now, but there's this little girl on TikTok whose parents ask her these really cute questions. And she just says, obviously the cutest things back. And a lot of people send that to me and are like, this reminds me of baby Kate. Um, but we don't have the visual for that. So we can probably link it in the show notes. Well, we absolutely can. But my best friend growing up sent it to me recently. And she was like, this little girl is just the cutest. And she makes me think of you. And I don't even know what her, her handle is or whatever. But blessings. We'll, we'll find it. We'll link it in the show notes. So anyways. Yeah, that's something that just came up for me. Um, it feels like I want to talk about my hair now. I have red curly hair. And that has like been also part of my self-study practice. Something that I'm so in love with these days is that stylists are actually um, on purpose learning about curly hair and now are teaching me about my curly hair. And now I get to have so much fun with it. Um, As a little kid, it was not fun. You know, red curly hair is like a, like all my friends were like, oh my God, are you going to get it thinned? Are you going to straighten it? And so like, obviously I did those things and it did not look good. You know, it did not look cared for. It looked like a mess. Um, You know, it's funny how, when you care for something, how it like visually thrives. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just learn to appreciate it because you care for it. That's something I noticed. The things that I really care for, I appreciate their presence significantly more. Like my relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my room. Okay, something I've really been into recently is like creating my room space to be a space that I really like to be in. And I'm in that right now. And that feels so lovely. Doing that on purpose. Candles. Burning the special candles. I'm learning kind of how to take care of plants, the ones that I have. Wow, I'm running out of things right now. It's a long time. It's a long time, you know? And it's like sitting in this room with you, I'm not nervous. So I don't feel like I'm just like rambling. I feel like you're not rambling at all. I feel like you've done a beautiful job. Wonderful. Sharing your self-study practice and how it's come up. And it is a self-study practice for me that I went first. And I feel like I hate everything I said. (laughs) And you know what, Ruby? You get to go again. You absolutely get to go again because we literally can do whatever we want. And you know what? We've designed it to be that way. And shouldn't it be that way? Yes. Isn't that like the point of We have chosen autonomy. And like Mm -hmm. that is the point of... Us doing this podcast is to And also, let's, like, if you're here to hear the whole thing about it's a privilege, yeah, it's a privilege that we get to do what we do. And also, we have designed it to be this way. And we can talk about all of the intersections of the privileges. And it's also important that we know those things about ourselves. Yeah, something that will come up a lot here in this space that comes up a lot in our work is the importance and power of nuance. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's an invitation for you, for all of us, for each other, Mm -hmm. that we're always like allowing the nuance to unfold. And what I love about this exercise that y'all eight minutes is a long time. I just want to invite you. I want to invite you at home to set an eight minute timer and like voice record yourself like talking about Mm -hmm. yourself my hands are like sweaty Mm -hmm. it's just a long amount of time you know when I did it for the program (laughs) there were like like 30 people or whatever and like 
I could talk. I talked the whole time. I think, I think I was done like right at eight minutes. And I also remember I, I blacked out, you know, you know, like (laughs) the first time I've taught like a class, like a fitness class, I literally blacked out. And people afterwards were like, Hey Ruby, we haven't talked about our use of the F word on the podcast. Oh, that's important. Yeah. I'm down. I talk like that. Of course. Oh, okay. Oh, you're saying we haven't like talked about if we're going to yeah, use Yeah, I honestly, language. because I kind of just censored myself. Oh. I was going to say because I fucking blacked out. Totally. Okay, yeah, for sure. My foot's asleep. For for everyone listening, moving forward, you should know this is an explicit podcast. Mm-hmm. Put and, in your headphones. And like, okay, so like, I'm just going to throw in a little moment of like self-study. I recognize that... De- Depending on the environments that I'm in, yeah, obviously, I choose my words accordingly. I think there's a difference between self-censorship and speaking appropriately. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's probably a topic that we're going to dive into. And I get to choose the F word if I want to, and I don't if I don't want to. Absolutely. That's just autonomy. I'm going to take a note so we don't forget, because I feel like that's a really important one that we could, like, Censorship blessings. Yeah. Okay. Something I want to speak to that you mentioned when you were talking about your hair and like Mm -hmm. people saying like, aren't you going to thin it or Mm -hmm. aren't you going to straighten it? And like, you know, we're children of the nineties. Blessings. Straight, straight. I used to make that like zigzag part Mm -hmm. in my hair. Um, anyway, hearing you talk about it made me think of little Ruby and yeah. And how little Ruby started self-censoring herself when she was, like, quite young. But, like, probably, I mean, probably middle school. Probably when I got boobs, I started Mm -hmm. censoring myself in, like, all of the ways. But I think about before that and how, like, I would drive my aunt crazy because none of, I I wanted to dress myself, but I didn't want to match. And, like, one time my mom had to put me in the car butt naked because... I would play this game where I was like, help me pick out my clothes. But then I was like, I don't want any of that. <laughs> Actually, I just want to go naked. <laughs> and like one time I convinced my dad to take me to the mall in my plastic high heel shoes. I was probably like yes. four. And I had the most fabulous outfits from Limited 2. I had like hats. I would like braid my hair, the zigzag part, the whole like mm-hmm. nine yards. And then... You know, and then puberty happens. Mm -hmm. And then it's all about, like, okay, how do I, like, cover myself up or, like, fit in? And then I feel like a big piece of our self-study practice and everything we do with our work is about, like, unlearning that switch that seems to happen, like, pretty automatically for most people around that age. Yeah. And, like, I think that, like... I guess something about that is like, I feel like in the binary way of thinking, there's either the, I wear whatever I want, whenever I want this one, or there's the like dressing for every occasion, like I don't, at the systems way, you know, the, mm-hmm. the appropriate way, the, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's not the deal. What we're speaking to is the access to choice because what the censoring is is that there's no choice is that there's a right way to dress there's an appropriate way to dress there's a right thing to do a right way to be and then all of a sudden you find yourself stuck in this little fucking weird mold that you don't get like you're confused in there 
I know I was confused in there all the time. Like I was literally, I feel like what is going on around here? And then it's like all the adults in your world are doing like the same thing. And y'all, it's confusing because you're like, this doesn't make sense. And nobody's talking to you about that. And so anyways, something that I benefit from Ruby's self-study, especially in regard to her fashions, is because Ruby is like, listen, y'all, I'm actually going to do this wild thing. And I'm like, can you just do that? And Ruby's like, I'm doing it. And I'm like, so you can just do that? And that is so awesome. Like, that is what I like about like being in this space with you. That's what I like about the self-study program, like that other people, it's like, and, and okay, so this is a way that I operated the gym. And this is a this is something also that really frustrates me about the fitness yoga industry or whatever. And fucking Instagram, you know? Okay, so everybody gets, you read your shit. You read the meme. You read the infographic. You read the joke. You read the tweet. Like, you know, whatever. And then you regurgitate the shit out of the tweet. It's inspiring, whatever. People, fitness instructors yoga teachers goals are to get you to cry in class, to be so moved that you have to cry in class. And like, and then y'all that is manipulative. That is like, that is, whoo, I'm getting a little warm talking about that. That makes me angry. So, because it's not authentic, it's not like honest, it's not true. And so like something that I learned and it was from, you know, it was like from my practice, like I, you know, like I was taught this, but also like it makes sense. Like, like it's how parents can't teach their kids to be courageous if their kids never see their parents be courageous. And it's the same fucking shit with like, like growth. And when you go to see, when you go to a yoga class, when you go to a, you know, one of these cycling classes with candles and shit, when the instructor like is not embodied in that way. And it's an embodiment thing. And it's like, anyways, wow. So I really wanted to teach people through the gym, like we can do better, but I, you can't just tell people that it, people know, people know in their bodies that like, Mm -hmm. wow, this person in front of me doesn't know how this is true. They don't believe this. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, damn, if I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to be about this. And then I started to realize like, there's a lot of things that I got to be about because I'm talking about them. And the way that, and like the way that what you're speaking to translates to any dynamic in life where there's like leadership Mm -hmm. or any dynamic of power even and even in like equal power positions right mm-hmm. like even in friendships um like that applies in all relationships in all relationships mm-hmm. is like if you're gonna talk the talk you better be prepared to walk the walk totally yeah <laughs> Yes. Okay. And so that's what your self-study practice does is because like when I get really clear about like, okay, how did I just behave back there? Like what happened? What am I responsible for? And then I'm like, okay, is that how I want to be? Does some repair have to happen? Because I want to be the person who makes mistakes and repairs the mistakes. I also want to be the person who does those mistakes less and less often because I'm learning the lesson, you know, because I'm doing the intentional care. Mm -hmm. Um, And also willing to make the mistakes. 
right? Oh, like, that's I feel a like hard part for I, me. I, yeah, me too, because, you know, perfectionist mm-hmm. in recovery. Um, but that is a really big part of it too, is like, we can't really get anywhere until we're willing to fuck up. And then, and then that's to really fuck scary. Up and repair. And it's like both. Totally. Yes. But also like the first step of that is being willing to fuck up. I know, but you got to do both. Yes. But Ruby's always like, Kate, you got to meet people where they're at. But, and I'm like, you got to do both. But do you, Perfectionist. <laughs> I hear it. Yes. Your first step is you got to be willing to fuck up. And then see what happens, right? Yep. The choice to repair comes after the fuck up. You can't be like, I'm going to repair if I ever fuck up and I'm going to keep myself from ever fucking up. And then you actually Correct. fuck up and you're like, I don't even know what to do because I'm so ashamed yes. that I am having to repair repair this yes 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 ruby yes ruby the repair can't be just like a contingency plan it's got to be like the next right choice when it happens so like being willing to fuck up means getting really clear about who you are is how you're showing up aligning with who you want to be so all these questions that you've already posed of like okay how was i back there like does that line up with how i want to be in relationship or how I want to be in the world is getting really clear about those things and asking those questions and really clear about your values and like what is important to you Mm -hmm. and like what is important to you Mm -hmm. not what is important to the wellness Instagram community Mm -hmm. that you show up as not what is important to your grandma not what is important to your partner not what is important to your circle of friends but like what is important to you and how do you match up your actions to meet that and then like do things courageously on that foundation and then like when you fuck up you will be ready to repair in a way that is like aligned and intentional and in integrity um but like without that foundation then there's no like confidence in the courage and I just think like it's so human of us to be like I believe in this and I like so I'm like living in this but that doesn't mean you're not like, it's so human of us that we fuck up there. Like, it doesn't mean that you're not, we're not going to make mistakes. But, like, for me, that's a huge hang-up. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, sitting down to do this podcast or, like, any of our work and, like, especially pivoting all of my work mm-hmm. into what we do, um, which is totally people-centered, there is, like, so much vulnerability in that of, like... There are a lot of ways I could fuck up right now. There are a lot of like mistakes that I could make, whether I see them as a mistake or it's just someone else sees it as a mistake or whatever. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that, except just to like presence it is like basically it's not just, you know, it's not just people in like big positions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we have opinions about everyone. It's like. It's like the neighbor who left the note on your car this morning. Blessings. This like passive aggressive note about your parking because you didn't know where to park. It said nice parking heart. And like if we want to talk about it now, like what the fuck does that mean? I was literally parked in like a normal way. I like like say something or fucking don't. Yeah. Come for me. <laughs> okay, that's not the point, but yes. Because but I literally do mean say something or yes. don't. Say what you mean to say to people so that then it can be over. Well, and then it can be really clear. What's on the other side of that is connection and hello, mm-hmm. my God. Okay, and so like something that that like I just want to come back to what you're saying though, like um, like what almost like what Ruby and I are suggesting 
is that the self-study takes out the hierarchy of responsibility and it puts everybody in their own lane of responsibility. And can you imagine what the world would be like if everybody did what was theirs to do? And everybody took responsibility for what they are responsible for. And so what the self-study does is go even like, we are not world leaders, yet I often feel perhaps I am more responsible than one. You know, so what we are suggesting is that it's not the world leaders or the whoever is the boss of the, you know, like, yeah, it is all of our responsibilities to like grow up. And then, like, imagine everyone taking responsibility in their own lane with a lot of, like, purpose and, like, from a place of joy. So, like, less fuss about it, right? Not like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I have to do the dishes today. But, like, there are dishes to be done. There are dishes to be done. And also the appreciation that comes with taking care of what's mine to do. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know, sometimes something I really feel about myself is like, I feel too much like, you know, an idealist. I can be kind of like, oh, what if all the people, you know, but also like fucking what if all the people, you know, like, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. And it's like, so, so what we hope to do is meet people where they're at and like do this with people. With you. You. Totally you. Yeah. You listening right now, you know, because it's like, okay, we, again, th- I'm going to add this to our list of like topics. Okay. It's like we could talk all day long about Instagram reality versus reality reality. But it's like, what are you doing when you're not filming it? My How God. are you showing up in your relationships and in your life? What are you doing to care for yourself, to care for those around you when you're not filming? And who are you talking to outside of the app? And how are you making that happen? How are your relationships multidimensional and mutually to go two ways, right? Like, how are you interacting in the world and showing up as a person outside of the screen? And yeah, I just think like it starts with you in your home, whatever that means Mm -hmm. or looks like in your closest relationships and then that's how we get to like what if fucking all the people Mm -hmm. instead of all of this like pointing at like Mm -hmm. this person made this mistake and this person's Mm -hmm. thinking this and nice parking god (laughs) and you know like something even like the parking thing it's like you know what that misses out on is the opportunity to be like hey we know y'all are new in the neighborhood um, I'm so-and-so, this is so-and-so, um, we're welcome. Um, here's where you can park next time. Also, do you mind moving your car? Like, I would have been like, totally awesome. Thank you for letting me know. And now we know. Yeah, and it's like not that much extra effort to lean in and connect. Totally. But there is a threshold there. And like, that's something that we talk a lot about in our work and like, I've just experienced so much in my self-study practice is there is always a threshold, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like pretty 
thick most of the times and it's like I walk right up to it and it's like I got this this is what I'm gonna Mm -hmm. do I'm here for it and then you like hit the threshold and then it's like pressing through sludge and like most of the a lot of the times it's like I don't have the energy to press through the sludge but then eventually it's like I don't have the tolerance to not press through the sludge Mm -hmm. and then it's like you press through and like um it's like have you ever I know that you have but y'all out there have you ever done like squats with a medicine ball or like um Mm -hmm. What do you call wall balls? Wall balls. <laughs> and then you like lose the medicine ball and you're just like Tigger, just like springing all over the place. It's like that. Like the growth is like that. And so like the effort to lean in is like getting up to the threshold. The effort to like press into that is something. Yeah. It is something. Totally, yes. And what's on the other side? <sighs> Momentum, connection, possibility. Uh, like the kind of power that comes from the inside that's Mm -hmm. like and also just like i don't know but you know not what's here not what's fucking here not what i keep doing not what i keep doing you know can i tell you a story about wobbles please okay so i went through a crossfit phase and you know it was it felt so good to me i had never felt more up until that point like in my like physical body's power it was incredible and also Um, this is not a podcast about CrossFit. So one time I was in a CrossFit class and the whole, the workout was like, you know, I don't know, a fucking million wall balls. And, oh, maybe it was, you would do like one and then you do two and then you do three, but like if, and you go up to, I don't know, however many and probably 30. And, but if you dropped it during like one of those sets, then you had to start from the beginning. And I did this insane workout and I did it by I did it without ever dropping like I I was the fastest or whatever because I never dropped it and afterwards the coach was like <laughs> like how'd you do it without dropping it and I was like <laughs> I like your constant coach voice <laughs> and I was like well I went I, I was like <laughs> well um I was going every time <laughs> every time I threw the wall ball I exhaled I was going like <gasps> And then I was so, what I felt like I was doing was just counting my exhales. And I told him that. And I was like, oh, and he was like, yeah, that's crazy. Like the cool thing I like about CrossFit is that like you actually like, I don't have to do anything from the neck up. Like as in he doesn't have to do any like mental, like it's all just like numbers and workouts, you know? And I was like. Uh, that's ridiculous because your head is connected to your body, you know, like, and like to me as like a body professional, as a fucking fitness professional, you have to know the way in which these things are connected, like all, and the the way that like your self-study program is connected to your fitness, you know, it's like, uh, it's just the whole, you know, the whole person, the body, the brain, the heart. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I don't, I, I don't know where along the way specifically, but somewhere along the way, right, we have been conditioned, taught mm-hmm. to believe that we are all these pieces separate and that some of them are bad and some of them are okay and some of them are good and some of them are only used at certain times. And, and we do this in all sorts of ways, right? We do it with like our brain and our mental 
our mm-hmm. mental, our mind versus our body versus our intuition versus our sexuality mm-hmm. versus our um, like faith or beliefs. Like any piece of identity needs to get like parsed apart. And at the end of the day, though, it is very clear and simple that we are in we are like this is a this body is a unit so like everything mm-hmm. in it is like part mm-hmm. of the body and like that is very clear but the way that we do life is often like okay these are my thinking activities mm-hmm. these are my control my body activities these are my um relaxing activities mm-hmm. these are my socializing activities and then there's not room there's not room when something out of the norm Mm -hmm. for you comes up in one of those spaces. There's not room for taking bathroom breaks when you're working on your computer. There's not room for um, having thoughts during your meditation. There's not room for, yeah, you can imagine what Mm -hmm. there's not room for. You know what there's not room for because you've probably been doing it too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes, I was thinking, um, like, you were saying the way in which, like, all of our pieces, like, we break all these things up into pieces, and then, like, what that takes away access to is connection, because all of the pieces are disconnected, Mm. and, like, I'm just hearing myself say, like, a lot. Something that is important to note is uh, is the ways in which like our personal stuff is the political stuff, the systems of oppression are personal to us. They're not separate, just like our pieces are not separate. The way that we interact with each other and the like judgments that we have automatically on each other, the way that they keep us from being curious, the curiosity leads to no connection. And like the understanding of like the person in front of us is not a full human being in the same way that I am a full human being. Well, and even that is like we compartmentalize ourselves. And so then it's really easy Mm -hmm. to compartmentalize the person in front of us. And it makes me think of that quote. What is it? Um, you can't love someone else until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, that we can unpack the quote. <laughs> we can unpack the quote. But, like, something that I do take from that is, like, even that is all connected. Like, how I am with myself is not separate from how I am with you or how I am with the stranger in the street, mm-hmm. right? Like, not that I, not that they are equal if you are to observe them, but they're not separate. Mm-hmm. Like they do impact one another. Mm-hmm. It's all interconnected. And even this compartmentalizing and like putting ourselves, like picking ourselves apart into these pieces and putting each piece in kind of like a special box and putting ourselves in boxes, it squashes any sort of personal potential. It like squashes any sort of like calling, however you believe in that, any sort of purpose, any sort of um, like fullness. Mm-hmm. And it's like putting a lid on what's possible. On what's possible. And I was I was talking to my therapist about this a couple weeks ago because I I've just had I've had so many revelations about my relationship to work since that breakup in the summer of 2020. And one of them has been like my work at my yoga studio 
was really important and really impactful and really did fulfill me. And it was a way that I was taking like what I know I'm good at and what I really enjoy and kind of like what I feel like is a part of my like gifts, talents, and purpose in the world and like putting it in a box that made sense. And then like making that part of me, making really like me fit into that mold of yoga studio, mm-hmm. fit into that mold of small business, fit into that mold of team leader. And like what I aspire to and like really appreciate about our work is I feel like what is possible is taking who I am and allowing whatever comes to be the shape in which the natural form is held Mm -hmm. as opposed to squeezing who I am into that mold. And I think about that with like everyone, like when we compartmentalize ourselves, we get like stuck in all these boxes that like don't actually make sense when we stop to ask any questions about it versus when we first integrate, then all of a sudden we see where those boxes have gotten too small and we can choose to like, not need a box anymore Mm -hmm. like it's not necessary and instead the scaffolding for the natural like expression i'm going real abstract here you're doing great the scaffolding for the natural expression will happen on its own Mm -hmm. and in a way that's like so much more supported and like we were talking earlier today about like feeling um trapped Mm -hmm. and stuck and that's what those boxes do is they Mm -hmm. leave us feeling like what the fuck like Mm -hmm. what is the point how did I even get here Mm -hmm. I didn't even make any of these choices it doesn't feel like I did even though I did in the self-study practice like I think the point one of the essential points of like asking ourselves questions is that we get the most out of the time that we're here which looks a lot more like you showing up as you and allowing like the scaffolding to support you as opposed to Gosh, it just seems so, like, terrifying and, like, small to live life in all these boxes and then, like, get buried in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. Okay, but also what you're speaking to in that is, like, um, trust. So this is, like, a general universe trust. Like, trusting that... I mean, trusting the fact that you don't have control over that. (laughs) So there's that part. Um, But like trusting that like you're generally going to be held by the universe. And then there's also the part of trusting yourself in that you um, have the skills and honestly the audacity to like navigate the world in a way that you see to be connective, compassionate, kind, powerful, you know, um, what courageous, you know, trustworthy, you get to be trusted. You get to be someone who trusts that is like such a box to climb out of a control box to climb out of. And then there's also the part like the freedom (laughs) and the joy that comes with, um, being like, wow, I don't have any control over that. Instead of this like gripping and then, so the gripping is gone. The squeezing is gone. And then like that, 
like okay the box that like puts down the wall of the box mm-hmm. and it's like you can fucking see more than you've ever been able to see and that just continues to happen because you continue to be unpacking the boxes and then and then what you start to see is the impact that that has on the people and the legitimate world around you the growth that happens from you know like a, a pebble you throw it in the thing in the ripple a ripple effect that's what i was trying to find you see the ripple effect of it. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you're saying is making me think of, um, y'all, this just is a wild story to admit, but I recall in my first yoga teacher training, circa 2013, like I can vividly remember a moment, it was like a moment in time when the light bulb went off that I was like, oh, I don't have to make the world go round, and also I can't. And it's not my job and it's been, it hasn't been my job and it's been happening anyway. And here I am. And wow. Mm -hmm. And like the space and the freedom that comes from allowing the unknown. And like y'all, we all know how fucking scary the unknown is, especially after the last two years. And how much freedom it is offered Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Lots of possibility. For some then it folks. Is, then it is our choice of how we engage with the possibility mm-hmm. and whether we like step into it for ourselves and others mm-hmm. or go back to the way it's always been. So again, that's like a whole nother episode we could talk and like, about. But, that, but like again, what you're speaking to is access to choice. It does not have to be the way that it has always been. And literally, I feel like we've all been fucking slapped in the every which way with like, it doesn't have to be this way. Um, and then it's like, are you willing to step in with courage and, uh, and fucking fear and see what maybe we can do on the other side of this? Like how, how creative can we get? (laughs) You know, there's a bunch of brains around here who have a lot of ideas. We could listen to them. We could just choose it. We could just be like, I don't know. It's bad like this because like, hello, look around. It is bad like this. And it's not only bad like this for some people, you know, like when we think about like our well, our literal wellness. No, in a lot of it's bad for everyone. Most ways it is bad for everyone. Like even, you know, we have our background in health, like fitness and wellness industry and like, oof, it's bad. It's bad for everyone. There's not a group of people who are like um, not suffering from these boxes that we've created not one group Mm -mm. yeah and and like i imagine that you can like sense that for yourself like we all have areas Mm -hmm. in life where we're like i was stuck in a box and then i got out or like wow i feel trapped in a box right now and it really just like starts with what kate and i like to talk a lot about is the next right thing Mm -hmm. and so like using the self-study practice and what we mean by that is essentially like it's essentially like a lot of asking yourself questions like a lot of curiosity towards yourself Mm -hmm. like a self-study practice means like being willing to study oneself well like literally i think of like to make space for yourself like space in like literally the shit you think about (laughs) you know and then you're like huh um, myself. Um, and then also like space in, bet- 
in between your actions. Mm-hmm. And space in your life. So like the way that most of us, it's very easy to schedule a full day and like be really mm-hmm. busy and there not be space for yourself. But um, something as simple as like 30 seconds for yourself to just sit or do something that uh, feels good in your body or do something that connects you with someone, 30 seconds starts to build and like create the space that you need to I mean for me it feels like coming back home Mm -hmm. again to me it's the access to choice I think my thing with choice is like the reason that seems so big to me is because it feels like autonomy Mm. and autonomy is something that is like always been like core to I want it yeah of course and I think like there are a lot of systems in the world that take away our choice. And like you and I specifically come from the Southern Christian culture that takes away a lot of choice from everyone and from women especially. And when you, I don't know, for me, I recognize that. And like you said earlier, like you recognize how much you weren't, actively participating in the choice or weren't being like given choice and infuriating Mm -hmm. and then also like one choice leads into the next and then Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're creating a life Mm -hmm. you're choosing a life step by step that aligns with the foundation of what you believe and how you want to show up and who you want to be and the relationships you want to have yeah Mm mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> what's the time i don't know but i feel like we've been doing it for a long time yeah have we been how are we doing like i'm feeling like i need some direction i mean i'm feeling pretty like because i felt complete like in yeah, what you were moment? saying but so i didn't have anything else to say <laughs> like i didn't have anything to add to that yeah okay here's something we were talking about a little bit earlier that i'd like to come back to um, I was, I have kind of noticed about myself and since we've been sitting here talking that, um, something that is important to me, um, is like when we were talking about, uh, fucking up and repair. So I guess like, like something that my self-study has shown me over the years is like, oh, I need to learn more about that. Because this is the way that I want to show up in the world. And then, uh, okay, and then for me, for instance, this was my experience in realizing, like, I don't have a background and understanding of anti-racism and oppression work. And so my meditation showed me, like, a lot of shame around that. And then what my self-study practice was like, okay, great. So what are you going to do with this shame? And it was like, well, I'm going to start getting to study, you know? I'm going to do some learning, you know, I'm going to like cultivate some knowledge. I'm going to learn about this because if I know about this, then I can make active choices to do better. Totally. And also I feel like in the realization and in the shame that comes up is then in, um, like in tandem with cultivating the knowledge because education is so important for understanding and eradicating shame 
but along with that also cultivating practices of grace and compassion mm-hmm. toward yourself and your humanness because like something that I notice is wanting to use repair as a way to cover up shame mm-hmm. instead of being with the shame and kind of like getting underneath the shame in order to allow myself to be more human and then taking action from like a really grounded place of like this doesn't make me a bad person that I didn't know and I can know and do better and not carry that shame into my actions of repair Mm -hmm. and I can let go of that tight hold of that little box of what it means to be a good person yes that part yes yes because at the end of the day aren't most of us just trying to be better toward one another i mean i hope some of us are i we are (laughs) you know i think i mean i like to believe that like you know, deeply planted in the hearts of human beings. Oh, yeah, me too. We want to connect and we want to do better for ourselves and each other and future generations. So even if, you know, like you can tie it to just like family, we want to do better for our families Mm -hmm. and for future generations. But that that is also like doing better for other people. But like we get so caught up in wanting to be right Mm -hmm. and like prove that we're good at it that we lose the opportunity to be human and we miss like the actual magic of like what we're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Not that I want this to be a Christian podcast in any ways, but um, you know that like, I think a lot of like the way in which I was shown Christianity growing up was in this way that was like, there's a good way to be and this is how it is. And then what that does is just implants shame you know, so I recognize that. And I think like that is really present in most cultures. It's a very human thing to decide this is how to be. And then it is, it is, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like a choice to zoom out and like allow divinity for lack of a better word to allow there to be other ways but if you look around the world like every religion every like group of people you put up people together for long enough and they're going to be like we've decided that this is the way to be Mm -hmm. and this is right and anyone else is wrong and and it makes sense evolutionarily i guess because um like well hold on can we do this okay are they creating systems in order for their communities to function well maybe And then that turns into there's a right way and a wrong way to do it and a right way and a wrong way to be. Because at the end of the day, our lower brains or like the brains of survival are latching on to the part that's like, in order to survive, I have to be this way. Yeah. It's like, you gotta, uh, you know, like (laughs) if you're, you know, I think of like driving, right? Like, okay, so one time you swerve off the side of the road because you weren't paying attention. Oh my, holy shit, fuck that. I never want that to happen again. So maybe now you start to pay a little bit more attention. That's like a really reasonable thing to learn. It's like as a child, like getting too close to the eye on the stove and like your hand getting hot. Totally. So like, yeah, we can put some systems in place to get those kinds of learnings going. But then what we also have to do is be in the process of going, are these systems working well? 
are they working? Here's two questions. And the first one is rhetorical. Are we working to do exactly what it is we planned on doing? Was this the plan? And is what's happening the plan? Two, um, if our goal is for the system to um, promote literal, you know, like human wellness, is that happening for everyone that um, is impacted by this system? Totally. And also thinking about it as like systems from the ground up, like from the inside out. So like the systems that you have with yourself, Mm -hmm. the systems that you have in your family, the systems that you have in your community, in your country, in the world, right? Like it, it starts and part of it is like, what are the systems that you're setting up within yourself? And is it what you're intending to do and be? And is it, how is it impacting yourself and those closest to you? And then that trickling out. So again, coming back to like responsibility and like being in your own lane with a lot of purpose mm-hmm. and the way that that creates new highways of possibility for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of like what we're up to with the duality project is inviting you to take a closer look at yourself, inviting you into a self-study practice, not just something that you stumble upon sometimes, not just something that a post on Instagram like shakes your world and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I didn't know, da da da, Mm -hmm. but like an actionable regular consistent practice of sustainable is a word that we like Mm -hmm. a lot because one thing like uh some ways in which we have gone wrong in our self-study practices is like i have been been in like my own worst interrogator like i am like what's up how did it happen how did we get here we gotta move through we gotta move on and it was like oh my god and that was you know kind of just like a shame spiral honestly you know because that interrogator was who was present there was no like care for the humanness of myself i learned a lot about myself during that shame spiral time um but not in a way that was going to be sustainable i was going to hit just like i mean major self burnout and then it's just like then what absolutely Mm -hmm. sustainability is a huge part of what the self-study practice should look like and can look like and where i think like the commodification of Mm -hmm. wellness has really steered us wrong in that way and oh my god let me tell you this ad that popped up for me the other day which is exactly what ruby's talking about it's this, it's for like a um, baby carrier. And the mo- the model is like, you know, like 90s wafy, you know, that like, just like, ugh. and her face was just like, she looked fucking miserable. And then, uh, you know, she's kind of just like slouching and like holding this baby carrier thing. And the baby like looks sad and like the outfits are drab. Like, and then the caption was, and this was an ad again, the caption was, this is what self-care looks like. That right there is the epitome of commodification of self-care. It's like, what are you selling? And what does this have to do with self-care? But all of a sudden you see the self-care thing. And the assumption is that this drab idea of this poor mother is what self-care looks like. 
And you're just like the commodification of self-care. What you're, it's still being used to sell an aesthetic, self-care, diet, fucking diet culture, beauty culture, self-care culture. It's all just like trying to sell you something. Yeah. And it keeps us so far from the sustainability Mm -hmm. of becoming. Mm -hmm. Right. At the end of the day, it's pretty like simple. It can be quite soft and gentle and, and has the potential to be very loving mm-hmm. and like by nature inclusive mm-hmm. and caring and kind and like really powerful. That is so powerful to me. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, that's what we're here to invite you into. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ruby, you know, I had a little question for you. I thought this might be fun. In the beginning, you were like, I've been trying to talk Kate into doing a podcast for three years. Do you want to say anything else about that? Do I want to say anything else about that? Like what? I thought you might just need a little outlet for. Oh, I see. I've been trying to do this (laughs) and it's been Kate, y'all. It's been Kate. Do you want to tell them that? I mean, yeah. Any of y'all who are like, what have y'all been waiting for? Um, Kate, I've been waiting for Kate. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I have known for a really long time that we like to talk. I like to talk. We like to talk. We like to teach. We like to coach. Um, and I like learning with people. Like, that's a big reason that we like to talk is because, like, every time we talk, I'm like, wow, I really learned something from Ruby. And that, to me, is, like, cultivating community, what community can feel like and then also that just makes me feel like I don't know it's like I don't know it's exhilarating to me it is exhilarating and I think like you know exhilaration and fear can feel a lot alike in the body and I think like it makes a lot of sense I'm not putting I don't want to put words into your mouth I don't know that you felt fear about it but even I have and like that's still a little bit present of like what are we doing or like can we do this or what do we even talk about but We've known each other long enough and we talk like this. Like, y'all, we talk like this. Mm -hmm. This is what our (laughs) phone calls are like. We just have a microphone in front of us right now and we had to, like, rearrange my kitchen. But, like, this is what our dynamic is and we talk about these kinds of things all the time. And I think the opportunity to share that with you all listening would be a missed opportunity if we didn't do that. And so... And also, like something that I'm excited about sharing is like we've worked on our friendship on purpose and I think that's really cool because um friendship is like like y'all like the best part of my life I have awesome friends and that's happened on purpose and I really love that and also something especially is like we don't always agree about stuff and like We're down to talk about that. Yeah, I think like a really important part is that we are both really honest and quite articulate, if I may say so, (laughs) and um, like to talk things out and like give each other space. And there's a lot of shared respect here. And I think that getting to share that kind of unfiltered, uncensored dialogue Mm -hmm. is... um, just really impactful and I look forward to like getting to do that together 
Um, is there anything you want to say about me bullying you into doing a podcast for the last three years? No, what I absolutely don't feel is bullied at all. In fact, what I was just thinking is like, you know, one of those tenets of white supremacy culture is the sense of urgency and something within our friendship that I think would have been really hard is if Ruby was like, I want to start a podcast. And I was like, wow, I really kind of have a lot of feelings about that. And then she was like, well, I'm going to do one anyways with like, you, you know, like you could have dumped me and moved on, but you were like, I'm committed to this friendship. And also I'm committed to this work in this way. And she needs some space with this. And so like, that's cool. And like, that's what it means to do like relationships and friendships on purpose. And then also that is, Trusting the timing. Yeah, it's also what it looks like to bring more joy into life. Mm -hmm. And like something that I feel like I am learning more and more and more about every year of my life is how to do life in more joy. And like I've done a lot of happy things. And how that makes things sustainable. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm getting to. It's like I've done a lot of like joyful things in my life or like impactful things or things I love to do. But like I've really like forced myself into a lot of structure, into a lot of like hustling, into a lot of work and like not forcing things leaves space for enjoyment and like for things to be done in our own way on our own terms with a lot of fun mm-hmm. and like if we had tried to start a podcast three years ago when I was like we're gonna have a podcast for sure I just the timing will come um if we had done that it mm-hmm. would have been too much mm-hmm. it was not the right time and we wouldn't be here now mm-hmm. we wouldn't be doing it now yeah no, yeah we wouldn't <laughs> we would not be doing it now we, I would not have made it yeah like yeah it just wouldn't have been the right time would you say 2017? I don't know. For a long ass yeah, time. Yeah, no, that been... feels right. Well, and it's like, yeah, you know, during that time, whatever, we don't have to get into all that time. But like both of us were also like so committed to our physical like studio spaces for like 15 hours a day. It just wasn't possible. It wasn't possible. And it would have been, it would have been one of those situations where it's like, uh, we were maybe going to get on the podcast and maybe talk about a thing of authenticity, but maybe that hadn't been in our bodies yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it really comes back to like you were talking earlier about trust and like trusting the process and like Mm -hmm. trusting that you plant a seed and Mm -hmm. one day it will grow and whatever it looks like is what it will look like. And that will be exactly what you need in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I have a lot of trust Mm -hmm. with you and with myself and also in this work and this practice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel way more um, capable of having um, powerful conflict now. Um, then, and I think that that's a big thing for me is that like being like public in this way, like something that I know from the studio is like uh, conflict will happen and I can either choose to lean into it or not. And uh, I feel like I can do that a lot better now. And what I'm saying is that feels more sustainable. Like the yeah. work I've been doing to learn how to do powerful conflict through my self-study practice. Um, I feel a lot more able to, uh, overcome the things that I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like another important piece is that like where we are now is that we are both, um, like 
like independent in it, like we are a partnership. Mm-hmm. Like we do work together and our work is a partnership, but we are both separate from any other like responsibility. Like I know like when we both had our businesses, right? Like mm-hmm. being responsible to the mm-hmm. values, the culture, the team, all of these pieces um took a lot of effort and energy and now we have the freedom to be really authentic as who we are Mm -hmm. and not the owners of Get Fit 615 and Shop to Yoga Athens. And I think like that brings a lot of sustainability and also brings a lot of like power to the dynamic is like, this is just Kate and Ruby. And I think like it's been and continues to be like is presently important. An important part of our self-study is that we reclaim like Mm -hmm. who we are as individuals and restructure what work looks like yeah totally oh yeah it was kind of a joke amongst friends and like i was totally into it but my friends called me fitness instructor kate for a while and that was like literally my full whole identity and like ruby said in her story like that was that was exactly what i needed at that time in my life and it was literally still to this day like oh my god the proudest time of my life absolutely incredible and um it was the next right thing. It was time. And I just like knew that in my body, but I haven't known Kate as not fitness instructor, Kate. I mean, in this way ever. Absolutely. And this having the podcast, doing our work with the duality project, the self-study program, these all feel like the next right thing for right now. And that feels good. Yeah. Speaking of the self-study program. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the self-study program. um, The self-study program gives you the skills and techniques to explore your feelings, identify your needs, set boundaries, and communicate clearly and compassionately so that who you want to be aligns with how you show up. It also offers a container for inquiry and self-discovery. It's a place for you to land. When you give yourself a framework for accountability, you open yourself to the possibilities that are awaiting you. The self-study program is a group coaching curriculum that fosters autonomy, yes and thinking, and meaningful connection. We do it together as a reminder that we are not alone. The self-study program is the nine-month curriculum that we have developed and um, piloted last year. Our next round is currently open for applications. We start March 16th. Right now... um, I don't know what I was going to say there. I was going to say, mm. I, I, <laughs> I was going to say sign up, like apply by March 1st, but I'm not sure when yeah. this podcast is going to be released. So it might be after that. So oh, yeah. we'll see, but apply now. Pl- apply now. And the way that we have it set up is apply now and commit later. So go ahead and send your application and then you get to have a 15 minute call with us to really talk through what is the program is it right for you um before you do that go to our website thedualityproject.com check out the self-study program we would love to have you it is a really special container for self-discovery and growth and it's also like at this point in my life my favorite parts about my life thus far combined into this program I know there's a part of it that's like, if you think you've enjoyed like taking our <laughs> <Lol>. right? <laughs> if you think you liked me before, 
Oh my God. Take the self-study. I'm awesome now. (laughs) That's the pitch. Bye. Um, As far as this podcast goes, we are committed to this being a monthly podcast. So once a month, maybe more if you're lucky, Mm -hmm. tune in. If there's anything that you want to hear us talk about, we're open to considering. You can email us at connect at the duality project.com. Yeah. I love it. Let's have some callers. I would love that. You want to be a caller? You want to call in? If you're interested in calling in, (laughs) send us a DM. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God. So fun. Absolutely do that. Follow us at the duality. Wait. The duality Duality. project. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram at the duality project. And until next time. Yeah. Thanks for being here, y'all. You're doing great. Yeah, you are doing great. Wow, I have to pee so bad. How long was that? Four hours at least.